because that wasn't there when I started. Why don't you take a seat? That would have been an awesome disaster. It's uh, so good to be here. Thanks, Phil, for your great introduction this morning. I almost feel like I don't need to say anything about myself. But if you weren't here for that, my name's Ryan, and I'm part of the team here. Uh, spent a lot of time, mostly at our Marawa campus, but I love, uh, I love coming uh, here to Malalu. I grew up in this campus, been here since I was a teenager, so I always have all these great teenage memories uh, of hanging out with Phil and doing youth ministry. It was good. And uh, it's good to, to be here this morning. And I don't know uh, whether it's the kind of week that we've had this week or that shaped my preaching, but I, I wanted to look this morning at a story about a storm. Is that all right today? Was anyone caught in that storm this week? Anyone outside coming home from work, maybe trying to get to the car? I was safely locked up in our offices here in Malalu and was able just to watch it. I actually went into to Pastor John's office because he has a better view of the storm than, than what I did and was just watching tree debris blow at the windows and kind of hoping that none of it was hitting my car or that it was hitting my car hard enough that uh, I would get a nice payout and be able to start again. But uh, neither of those things happened, which was good. But I want to have a look at a, a story this morning in Mark chapter 4 and uh, verse 35 to 41 is, is where we're going to be looking. And, and Jesus, uh, prior to this, has just been doing a lot of teaching and, and spending time with people as he does. And uh, one of the things that we pick up on Jesus after doing that, he often wants to retreat or, or, or go away and, and have some time. I imagine uh, teaching as, as much as Jesus did and, and pouring out as much as he did, he'd want to fill that tank back up. And this is the moment that we find him in. And uh, it says this, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. You know, it's easy to kind of read the story sometimes and just gloss over the, the facts of the story. I don't know if we have any boating people here, but probably one of the things I know about boats is you want the water outside of the boat, not inside of the boat. Would I be correct in, Jared, would that be, yep, correct. So, so as you're reading this, you realize there's, there's water coming into the boat. Now, I don't, I like boats, but boats don't seem to like me. They make me sick. Uh, but one of the things as a high school chaplain I used to spend a lot of time doing was uh, going on trips to Rottnest. It was an awesome junket. And so uh, I'd often just have to get through the experience of the ferry uh, to get to the island where the fun would occur. And uh, we'd get on the boat, and there's a few of us teachers that didn't really resonate well with the water, and one who was always sicker than me. So I'd always draw my, everyone's attention to him. Like, look at that guy. What a wimp. He's like, look at him. He's sick. And everyone be like, oh, and I'd be like hanging over the edge of the boat, please. No. But I remember this one particular Saturday morning, we'd had a big night of youth ministry here and I'd, I'd had very little sleep, wasn't feeling the best and had to get on the ferry with a, a few teenagers and take them over uh, to, to kind of Rottnest. And uh, one of the things I'd always do is kind of just hitch my focus on the horizon. So like, if you can just look at the still bit, someone told me that, uh, always be on the outside of the boat where the air is fresh, uh, all of these things. And we get on the boat and they're like, sorry, we've actually had to close the back deck today because it's going to be a little bit rough. I'm like, this is going to be excellent. <laughs> like, uh, so I'm like, okay, how close to the back deck can I get? And I'm standing like just staring, like just fix your eyes on the horizon. Don't worry about the kids. They'll be fine. And sure enough, it was one of those rough days, uh, you know, heading over on the ferry. And so you're watching the water spray over the boat and it's going up and down and it becomes less fresh air. And then you kind of hear this noise like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. And I look and like one of our teenagers, like, I'm like, quick, have a bag. And so then they're like being sick into the bag. And then there's this domino effect of people being sick into bags. And I'm like, this is the worst. This is the worst day of my life. I'm like, 
worst 45 minutes ever, but we made it and we got to the other side, a lot of us covered in vomit, and uh, the smell wasn't pleasant and it was a bad boat trip. But even then, there's something different between the Rottnest Express ferry that's like closed in and massive compared to boats that would have been used at this time, which were a bit more open, uh, probably not as, as structured. But then there's something about a good storm. Who likes a good storm? Like, who likes watching? I was, I was loving that behind the glass of my office where there was no chance of being wet, hit by tree debris, lightning, all of that. But the one place I think you don't want to be in the middle of a storm is, is on a boat. Yet this is where the disciples find themselves on this boat, not like me, locked away comfortably on a ferry with the worst thing to worry about is will I bring up my breakfast or not, uh, like these other kids. But there's water pouring into their boat. And so this begins to cause panic amongst the disciples. What I find interesting about this lake as well as I was kind of looking into it is, is actually a place uh, known for the ability to have a storm. So the, the lake itself was like a bit of a wind tunnel. So hitting a storm, encountering a storm, was not particularly unusual in this water. Yet they seem quite surprised and shocked as the water starts to get into the boat of this storm. The other thing I realise is, is that they're following Jesus. So Jesus is kind of going, let's go to the other side. Now, we have the hindsight of knowing that he's Jesus, but Jesus would know that there's going to be a storm. Yet he's like, let's get in the boat and let's head to the other side. So they're following Jesus, they're with Jesus, they're seeing all this great teaching that he's doing. They're going across this lake, which is not surprising that sometimes the weather is no good. Yet a panic comes across them in the middle of this, this storm. And we pick up the scripture here and it says this. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? We'll stop there for a second. Just think about this for a minute. So water's pouring into the boat. It's rocking around everywhere. These guys, are the 12 are feeling like they're going to die. And we find Jesus asleep inside the boat. Like the worst place to be, as I just discovered on the Rottnest Express ferry, that you don't want to be inside the boat. He's down there, lying down in the bottom, got a cushion. Don't you hate those kind of people that just fall asleep, like anywhere in any situation? Like I've got a few friends that it just doesn't matter what we're doing, they're just like immediately asleep. Pastor John is one of those characters. Like people like, let's watch a movie and you push, like you don't get through the title and you're like, what's that noise? Oh, and he's out cold. And it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how much noise you make, they just manage to sleep. Jesus is clearly one of these characters. But clearly also shows that he's tired and not bothered by the fact that the boat's filling with water. He's just like, I'm just going to sleep through it. And so the disciples panic, they run in, they wake him up, and this is Jesus' response. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think Jesus might have been a little bit grumpy, perhaps, that they woke him up. You know, like no one likes to be woken up. It's experience. I don't have alarm clocks in my house anymore. I have human alarm clocks. So, uh, you know, the, the time of the day that I get up is, is never on the late end. It's just a matter of how early it's going to be. So how do you have small kids? But I, I imagine, you know, like some mornings I get woken up and it makes me quite grumpy. That's like my response. I want to rebuke my children and tell them uh, to go back to bed or you need to be afraid, kind of a little bit different. But similar kind of circumstance. If you don't go back to bed, you'll have something to be afraid of. And I'm looking at Jesus in this situation, and he just gets up, and he just tells the wind and the waves to be silent. Be still. There's a great calm. But then he asks his disciples, why are you afraid? And then follows it up with, do you still 
have no faith. Now, when I read this story in the beginning, it's very easy to see why these guys have fear, why they're afraid. They're stuck in a storm in a boat that is filling up with water. That equals pretty well death. So there's a very human, realistic reason today why these guys were afraid. Yet Jesus doesn't seem too happy about their fear and questions them on it. And, you know, this story is easy to kind of make it about the storm. It's easy to look and go, how bad the storm was. It's easy to look at their situation and go, of course, they were afraid. We can read it with hindsight and go, yeah, we know. Kind of, I love reading these books through kind of like a children's story uh, book. They make it so simple. There's a nice little picture of, cartoon picture of, you know, Jesus standing up on the boat like Titanic with his arms out, rebuking the wind and the waves and everything becomes calm and it's nice and it's pretty. That's not what this was. Yet Jesus stands up and he asks them why they were afraid. And for me, the, the bigger story of, the bigger question in this story is this. It's what is our perspective? See, we've got two kind of types of faith in this situation. You've got the disciples and you've got Jesus. The disciples panic, freaking out, running, waking him up. And they ask him this question, don't you care that we're going to die? So they're asking Jesus, like, hey, you're going to die too. I'm going to die. We're going to die. Don't you care? Like, is your last kind of request on this earth to go to sleep before you die? But Jesus has this kind of peaceful faith where he's just asleep in the boat, knowing that he's going to be okay. Now, he's Jesus, so he has the right to know he's going to be okay. But there is a a contrast difference between the two types of responses we see to a storm. You know, the the translation of uh, being afraid in this this kind of scripture kind of locates itself to what they would call cowardly fear. So not kind of being afraid or, or having a real fear of something going wrong or a storm, but they responded with cowardly fear running to Jesus and going, hey, don't you care that that we're going to die? I don't think Jesus was angry or worried because they were afraid of the water in the boat. But that they responded in a manner with the saviour of the world, the Messiah, the guy they've been spending all this time with, going, don't you care that we're going to die? It's this kind of cowardly kind of fear that is more worried about the circumstance than putting faith and trust in God. And I think so often in my life, when storms come, and they always do, it's so predictable. But yet when they come, they cause great chaos, and the, the, the craziness comes of the storm. We saw that on Tuesday night, like trees falling through people's cars. Like storms are real things. And I think the picture of our own lives is there can be storms. And it can be dark, and it can be cloudy, and it can be chaotic and rain. Things can feel like they're falling apart. But we have this Jesus who's actually in the boat with us, who's right there. We have full access to God. Yet sometimes we, we, we don't acknowledge who he is. We don't acknowledge that he is in control. We don't acknowledge that he's in the boat with us. We don't acknowledge that he has control over the, the wind and the waves. And we can almost, like the disciples, be like, don't you even care, Jesus, that this is happening? Don't you care that my life is falling apart? Don't you care that I'm going to die? Don't you care that my boat is, is, is filling up with water today. And sometimes it can feel like Jesus is asleep on the job. I imagine if there was a cheeky disciple, they might have asked him about sleeping on the job. You know what? The reality for the disciples is this, is that they hadn't realized the the true authority of Jesus. They recognized, yes, he was a, a, a rabbi and 
a great teacher and a, and a great person of authority in the day. And over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Phil's done a great job of kind of talking about the, the role of the rabbis in society, but they're still treating him like just a rabbi and not gaining full access to who Jesus was. To be able to boldly go to him in faith and say, hey, Jesus, there's a scenario going on here. I'm not sure that you're aware, but I don't think waking him up was a problem. He wasn't grumpy for being woken up. It was the lack of recognition of who he was to his people. I think what Mark's trying to get at in the first chunk of Mark is trying to, the author is trying to explain who Jesus is. There's these great moments of teaching and declaring and Mark writes about these things and and I feel like this story makes it in here not because of the actual storm, but because it tells us something very clear about who Jesus is. See, in this moment, Jesus takes control of the elements. He takes control of creation. This is a moment where the creator takes control of his creation and stills and calms it. He's here today to teach a lesson to the disciples about who he is and the power that he has and the access that they have to that power in their lives so that when these things happen, they realize that the the world's not going to end in this scenario. And if it does, it ends with Jesus being right there with them. But he's trying to teach them something about who he is. And perspective for us has to be everything. And more than that, it's our perspective on who is Jesus. You know, the reality is, and I said this before, it's not about the storm. It's actually about their response to the storm and where they bring Jesus into this situation. I wonder for us in our lives, do we do this when we hit trouble. I know that for me, when storms come, my first focus is on the storm. Is this something I can figure out for myself? Is this where it all ends? Is this, am I going to get through this? And I fail to acknowledge often that Jesus is right there with me. Sometimes I can even ask him about it. And it's that almost that, can't you just come and rescue me from this? That kind of, that fear that's in there, that I'm afraid. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about my life? Don't you care about what's about to happen to us? Don't you care? Yeah, Jesus is like, hey, I'm like saddled up next to you here. Like this storm is my storm too. What are you, what, how are you going to approach me? What do you know about me? What is your perspective in this situation? Is it fear or is it faith? Are you going to access what I have for you or are you going to focus on the impossibility of the storm, the water that's kicking up against you? the worry and the anxiety that those things bring to your life? Or do you know that you have the saviour of the world in the boat with you, that you can reach out to, that's there alongside you? One has a perspective of great faith and understanding of who Jesus is. And one has a perspective of fear and worry and doubt and anxiety and ultimately a lack of knowledge of who Jesus is. You know, the reality is in my life, I feel like I so often like underestimate who Jesus is. I don't know if you've ever like underestimated kind of someone before, like you just realize they had this ability that you never knew they had and you're just like, whoa, you're 
Remember like one of the devastating times I underestimated someone, it was actually my boss. So I was working for a cinema at the time and this older bloke came in and kind of started asking me some questions about maybe my work ethic or kind of what I was doing or why I was doing it that way. And I was like, who's this guy I think he is? You know, like just buy your ticket and keep going. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's like a mystery shopper or something. So I'll like tag all the lines on, smile, you know, like... I think he was asking me like where my tie was because I forgot it that day. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, who's this bloke anyway? Sold him his thing, walked away, and they're like, oh, you just served the owner of the like company. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, he owns like 75% of this whole thing. Like he doesn't work, he just comes to the movies. I'm like, oh man. So I'm like, quick, where's a tie? So I'm like running around, like maybe didn't notice. I like, ran upstairs, they're like, go upstairs, was wearing a tie. I was like, give me a tie now. He's like, no, I'm like, give me the tie. So I take his tie and like go down. And he comes out and I'm like waiting for him on the way. I'm like, hey, how was your experience? Good to see you. Thanks for employing me. You know, like all these things. And there was a nice note on my desk on Monday saying, you know, next time you'll do this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh boy. But isn't it funny how you can look at someone in a certain way and then you learn something about them? and who they are and what they're about, and it can change your whole perspective entirely. You know, that day, that guy obviously was uh, really the key to my like, bread and butter and paying my rent and survival and all of those things. But it's not how I treated him because it's how I was looking at him. And to a degree, it doesn't, you know, I'm thankful that I wasn't disrespectful to him because that would have ended in a completely different way. But he had a whole authority in the circumstance and the situation of my life that, I gave him no credit for, that I gave him no invitation for. And I think about that first experience that I had with him, how different would I have treated him if I knew the authority he had in that situation, that scenario? How do we see Jesus sometimes? How did, how did they see Jesus here? They saw him as a great teacher. They saw him as an opportunity to learn and to grow and to be discipled by a great rabbi. But did they see him as the, the guy that had control over creation? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, this is how they respond. It says this. It says, The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, this situation just ended up causing more fear in the disciples because they're like, whoa, who's this guy now? Like, we thought we had him pegged as this great teacher. And now he's done the one thing that only God can do and gone and controlled the wind and the waves. He stilled everything. And they're like, who is this? Who are we in this boat with? What is going on here? Because only God could do this. And Jesus is demonstrating his power to his disciples. The very power that can change the wind and the waves, sitting in the boat. Don't know about you, but I think if they knew a little bit of Jesus' ability in that situation to control the wind and the waves and the situations and the circumstances, maybe they would have approached him a little bit differently. When that water started filling the boat, do you think they would have been able to go, hey, Jesus, you could just fix this, right? Could you just sort this? What's the play, Jesus? I don't know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they might have even let him sleep. Going, if this dude who can control everything is just sleeping through this, maybe it's just going to be Okay. Let's just leave him be. Let him rest. Would have been a different kind of faith, I think. And so we can read this with great hindsight and go, come on, disciples, seriously, you don't get it? Like, it's really easy to read like that. But you know, we had this great ability to be able to read like that 
to read the text knowing the end of the story. I can read that story a hundred times and I probably have and I always know that at the end Jesus stands up and rebukes the wind and the waves. Like it, uh, before I've even started it, I already know the finish. It's really easy when you know the finish to relax. It's like a, a thriller movie and you know what happens at the end. Someone spoils it for you or, you know, your, your, your Boston Celtics are playing in the NBA and someone sends you a text message before you get home from church letting you know the result. And so if they win, I'll still watch it. But it doesn't matter how close it gets. I'm like, ah, it's all good. My wife will be like, you know the end of this game, don't you? Because I'll be pretending like I don't. She's like, there's not enough anxiety in your body right now. I'm like, yeah, I know the result. She's like, cool, so you've ruined it for me now too. I'm like, yep. But the reality is we can read it like that going, well, we know. Why didn't they know? But how often in your life and mine do we have water in our boat? Does it become a little bit grey and murky? We can't see the horizon. We're not sure what's going to happen. Life feels like it's, and probably is, could be falling apart. Yet we approach Jesus sometimes in the same manner as the disciples. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, where are you? Why are you sleeping on the job? What are we going to do here? Don't you care if I die? We completely fail to recognise that he has control over all things and that he's not up there watching down going, hey, good luck in the boat. Yep, that, that season you're in right now is pretty stressful. Good luck. Just read my teachings. He's right there in the boat with us with the ability for us to approach him and allow him to work in the situation that we have. There's a a fear and a, a genuine fear that can ignite faith in our lives. I believe that. I don't think that being scared of the waves and the wind was a, a direct problem for them. And there'll be things in our lives that genuinely cause us worry, cause us fear, cause us anxiety, cause us to ask questions about life and what's happening. We stand here today and go, all our storms are trivial. We read this was not a trivial storm. But it's all about where we're positioned, where we're placed and what we know of Jesus and what we're willing to access of him. Are we willing to be in the boat with him and go through the storm? So we looked at the beginning. He's led them right into the thick of this. You know, sometimes in life when storms hit, you kind of feel like, hey, I thought I was where I was supposed to be. Has anyone ever asked themselves that question before? Like, I thought I was doing the right thing. Why is this happening to me? I thought I was just serving Jesus in the way I was supposed to. I've been doing all the things that I think are right. Why is this happening to me? Lord, I started giving and now I've, I've lost my job. What's, what's the go here? I thought you were telling me to be generous with my finances. Lord, I've been making decisions to, to, to do the right things and not cut corners, to live the way you call me to, but yet I, I feel like I'm up against it. He's right there with you. And sometimes it can feel like when we're following him, you know, these guys have been the closest to him and they still completely missed it. I don't think this is a, a thing of how many years have we been in faith for. Some of us who maybe have known Jesus the longest can sometimes take him for the granted the most and go, I think I've just figured out what it feels like. This is just what life is like. But you've got the saviour of the world in a boat leading you the, along the way. So when that storm hits, it's knowing he is right by your side. Not just good teachings, 
not just a, a, a nice little Bible and an idea and a thought to, to live life safely by. It's actually there to lead us in the good times. You know, imagine some of the good times these are having. They're, they're leaving the situation where there's people everywhere and Jesus is teaching and people are flocking there. So, so much so that as they leave to retreat, the boats just follow. Like Jesus is like, let's get out of here. And they take him and all the boats keep following. Like, that's like celebrity status in that day. And so there would have been great highs for these guys, great miracles that they saw. Yet here's a storm they have to go through in order to get to the other side. You know, one of the things about storms we kind of realize is they're temporary. Like this week, it kind of felt like the storms were never, ever going to end. Like I was like, if I have to go rescue my dog from the side of my house one more time because of thunder, <laughs> poor guy, I don't know what I'm going to do. He literally keeps making me feel like the world's going to end. But yet yesterday there was sunshine. And it's like, oh, I even forgot there were storms. The fences will get mended. The, the flooding in the houses will, will get cleaned out. The reality is that the storms will have an aftermath. Are we willing to stick at it long enough to walk with Jesus to get to the other side and see what the next great thing is? You know, I don't, I don't know your, your story today, and I might invite the, the team to, to come up and join us, but, but here's what I know. Is in a crowd like this, there'll be people who feel like the sun is shining, that your walk with Jesus is right where it should be. Life is, is good. And there'll be some of us who are like, I feel like Tuesday, like it's just chaos in my life. In fact, I feel like the disciples there, I feel like there's just water flowing into my boat and I don't know what to do about it. Not sure how I'm actually going to get through tomorrow. The one thing I know is certain for each one of us is that whatever our journey in the boat looks like today is that he's sitting right next to us. And he wants to work with us to get to the other side. You know, some of these songs we've been singing this morning are, are great songs as, as we were even praying earlier that just declare God's truth in our lives. Declare his goodness, his greatness, his authority. I love this song we've been singing over the last couple of weeks, Waymaker. I love how much just truth that just continually just pours out about Jesus. And as Dan mentioned, sometimes that's a, a hard song to sing. You know, part of the, the bit that I think I find the, the hardest sometimes is the, the lines in there about even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You know, so often you have a conversation with someone about their faith. It's like, it just doesn't feel like it used to. It doesn't feel like it did yesterday. I feel the elements of the storms of life, the wind and the waves and the beating back and forward and the questions that I don't know how to answer. I feel that more than I feel Jesus in my life. You know, the reality is in the storm, Jesus was working. In the storm, Jesus was about to show the disciples ultimately who he was and his power and authority, not just as a good teacher, but as the saviour of the world. You and I have that same access today. And I want to sing this song again this morning, knowing that we're declaring God's truth. That whether you're in a, a season this morning where you go, yep, I can feel it, he's working. I can see all the good things God's doing in my life. I feel it. I can see it. It's a little bit easier to raise those hands in those kind of seasons. It's a little bit more joyful to sing those songs in, in those kind of seasons. 
If you're in one of those seasons, the bad news I have for you today, at some point, there's going to be a storm in your life. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that truth of Him always working in our lives is real in the storm and it's real in the sunshine. It's real when everything's going right, when it feels good. But you know what? It's real when it feels like there is water pouring into your boat. And if that's you this morning, He is working in your life. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe like the disciples, you're like, Jesus, don't you care? Here to tell you today that He does care and that He's working in your life. But will you come to Him with that bold access that you have to the Saviour of the world and give your situation over to Him? To have a little bit of faith that the storm will end and maybe your boat will be a bit banged up afterwards. Maybe it'll be a bit waterlogged. Maybe you will be knocked around by the wind and the waves, but you know what? He will have done a great work inside of you. The key to faith is longevity. Not to throw in the towel when you feel like it's not working anymore. Not to place Jesus in a box and go, this is all I think he can do. They've done that. This is all we think Jesus can do, and now he doesn't even care if he dies. Yet there was so much more. And I feel for us this morning that there is just so much more that God has for our lives. But will we access that? Will we come before him and go, Saviour, you're in the boat with me. You know what, I'm a bit scared right now, but I'm going to hand it to you. And even though I can't feel it, you're making a way for me. You are the truth, you are the life. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. And because you're with us, it's given to me and to you to live out this life. And so my encouragement would be, whether you feel like you're in the sun or whether you feel like you're in a storm, this morning as we sing these words again, as we declare them as truth, to declare that into your life, to declare that into your storm, to declare that into your your family, to declare that into your workmates, to declare that into the people in your lives that don't even know who Jesus is, that what he does in and through your life would point people towards him because of the way and the work that he is doing in your life. And so this morning, it's an opportunity to to recognize the power of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. I've said this before, but so often in our world, it's, it's not that people don't believe Jesus isn't real, they believe he's irrelevant. They don't believe that he didn't live, that he... Often people, you know, will go, I'd like to thank God for this good thing that's happened in my life. People believe in God, but they don't feel like he is relevant anymore. And you know what? I think sometimes it's when we're able to travel on this journey and go through a storm, to go through a hard time, to to stick at it, to let him work in us and through us, to show that he is real, that he's all-powerful, that he's relevant. What does that look like in your life? What does it look like in my life? To go, I'm not going to throw this in. I'm going to make sure it's important because the saviour of the world is right there with me. I'm not going to ignore him. I'm not going to treat him as common. I'm going to make him as relevant as ever. And I'm going to do that by accessing what he has for me in the good and in the bad and more awkwardly in the in-between. So whether I see it, whether I feel it, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to know that he's working. I'm going to declare his goodness and his greatness. When things are good, I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm going to lean in and be grateful and be thankful for what he's doing in my life. But no matter what season I'm in, I'm going to pursue God with all that I have. Could we stand this morning? I'm going to pray for us.
And we're just going to sing these words, declare them, and encourage you to pray them over your life. If they're difficult for you to sing, encourage you to sing them out of faith. If you're in a storm and you can't see through the wind and the waves, sing it like he's right next to you this morning. But whatever it takes for you to access more of who he is, I'd encourage you to do that this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are the God of the the good. You are the God of the great seasons. You are the, the God that wants to celebrate with us. But you know what, Lord? You are also the God of the storm. And while you don't always just swoop in and rescue us the way we would like, Lord, I pray that we would be able to approach those seasons with boldness and confidence, knowing that you sit there right with us. When there's things we don't understand, when there's questions we don't have the answers to, Lord, I pray that we would remember that we have full access to the Savior of the world and that he's not off in the distance, but he's there with us. And so even when it feels like you're not working, Lord, may we trust that you are. When we can't see what you're up to, Lord, may we know in our heart of hearts that you are up to something. And may we trust you with our lives. Come on, why don't we sing this this morning, declare it as truth. No matter what season or situation you are in, whether you see him working or not, whether you feel that he's working or not, let's declare his relevance, his importance, his authority in our lives today, that when we leave here, we know that we don't leave the presence of God in the building, but we take him with us into our Mondays, into our difficult times, into our good times, and that we would choose to praise through all seasons of life. Come on, let's declare this truth this morning.